Hello, hello. Welcome back to Toto Football. I am Louisa Seychelles and today I'll be looking back at the Palace v United game, reviewing Palace's January transfer window and also chatting a little bit about the ownership at the club, following them rumours a few weeks back about Texter and Parish having a bit of a fallout. For the first time in a while, I do not have a guest on, so sadly you will only be listening to my voice today. Be sure to check out my Twitter at Luke underscore Seychelles and let me know what you think about the podcast. For the Palace fans out there, I've recently interviewed cult hero Andy Gray. He was a key member of our squad in the early 90s. And who can forget that crucial FA Cup goal beat Liverpool? Be sure to check that out by looking at Toto Football on Spotify. The Eagles, as always in January these days, had a very quiet window with Vieira calling for signings throughout. It really looked like he wasn't going to get any, but thankfully Steve Parrish managed to bring in two midfielders, Ahamada and Lakonga. Despite the quiet throughout when it came to transfer rumours, we still got some drama with the leaks of the Parrish rift. And I just quickly want to chat about that first and give my take on the situation. For context, for any Palace fans who don't know, somehow, we had Texter reach out to a Palace Twitter page, CPFC Transfers HQ, to get a message out to the Palace fan base. Within this, he said, I do wish that Palace fans better understood what I can and can't control, and then he also went on to mention that we, the owners, are really set up to have only one communicator at the club, and that's Steve. Literally 24 hours after that, we had a report from Ed Aaron's really reliable journalist for us, and he broke the news that Texter and Parrish had fallen out and were barely on speaking terms. Aaron's in this article revealed that Texter, who attended the game beat Man United, had grown frustrated at Parrish's hands-on approach and would like the club to show more ambition in the transfer market after a promising first 18 months under Patrick Vieira that included an FA Cup semi-final in his first season. Well then, there's a lot to break down there. First things first, I think it wasn't the best idea of Texter to come out with such quotes, and then to speak about Parrish as the only communicator, especially during the January transfer window. I didn't like it at all. It just felt wrong. No matter the issues, you don't come out and try to shift the blame, especially when you communicate a lot on Twitter when it suits you. We see him communicate via the Leon uh, social media, via the Botafogo and via his own Twitter. So I don't know, I didn't really understand the point he was coming from. The Palace faithful are right to be stressed and worried about the future, especially when someone who clearly has somewhat of a passion for us to be successful also has ownership involvement in three other clubs. We have seen administration through one owner and very, very recently. So seeing another owner splashing the cash to get involved in three other clubs is always going to raise alarm bells for us. That's just the way it's going to be. We also know that Parrish brought in Texter, Harish and Blitzter to help the club when it came to investment. And we also know that he is worried about splashing the cash. Meanwhile, we have Parrish and Blitzer sat in complete silence and trying to jump ship twice to partially own Chelsea and Liverpool this season. So for me, someone on the outside looking in, just a Palace fan, trying to enjoy week by week, we had this triangle of owners all in very different positions and you can see how it can cause tension both within the fan base and from the fans to the owners. Texter really may have some good investment. He has to learn that we cannot just splash the cash. We do need to be careful. Just for those who are curious, I ran a poll on my Twitter at Luke underscore Seychelles. Make sure you follow. And the question was, who worries you the most? The three available answers were Harrison Blitzer, Steve Parrish and John Dexter. Time of the recording, 51% are worried about Harrison Blitzer, 43% are worried about Texter and 6% are worried about Parrish. Just alarming figures there which really show how a large amount of our fan base are worried about this American ownership. Our recruitment plan has changed but we were off the back of spending a lot of money over the last 10 years and not getting too much back in regards to sales. We also have plans to build a new stadium, which will help us in the long term, but is clearly causing issues in the present. There needs to be some leeway. There is obviously some risk, but Vieira has shown that he can do good things with a good side. So imagine him with a bit more investment. 
Last season, we got an FA Cup semi-final and a comfortable Premier League finish. And this is all we asked for, really. We didn't really back him again this summer. And the signs are showing. I'm always personally going to worry about Texter, Harris and Blitzer. They aren't fans. They're businessmen who love the idea of franchises and clubs working together. And this will always worry me. What's to say we won't be a feeder club for Leon in the future, for example? Or that Harrison Blitzer will actually be able to jump ship mid-season? But maybe that's something I need to stop worrying about. However, it is really hard when the Palace fans, just like me, pour so much time, money and hours really into this club that we love. So to see riffs and all this at the top and not the pure focus on us, there is going to be worry, isn't there? Palace haven't had much ambition over the last 10 years, in my opinion, which completely makes sense. We weren't expected to get promoted when we did. We clearly didn't have the money at the time to do it. And then seasons after, it was more about just staying up. However, when Vieira first joined, we started to show some signs of ambition. Sadly, it looks like we have somewhat gone back to our roots. We need to compete with the top half sooner rather than later. Otherwise, we'll stagnate and eventually get overpowered. Lots of clubs around are suspended big now, and we might not have Wolf after this season. So we really need to show some ambition in the summer window and finish off this rebuild we started in the 21-22 season. By the way, just whilst you're listening, it would mean the world if you liked, followed and shared this podcast. I really appreciate any comments, shares or feedback. Anyways, I was just talking about the transfer window then. And so we're going to move on to the January transfer window now. This part of the show will be a lot easier as we move on to the January transfer window. And I will say there was a part of me who thought we were going to end up with no sign-ins at all. This would have been horrendous. We did bring in two players, however. Lakonga on loan from Arsenal and Ahamada for around £10.5 from Stuttgart. The elephant in the room is, of course, we didn't sign Gallagher. I'm not sure personally. I love the bloke. But we have now spent a lot of the summer window and the January transfer window trying to sign him. And this just needs to stop. We need to give up. Sadly, Steve Parrish, your ex, a.k.a. Gallagher, is not getting back with you. He clearly doesn't want to. He could have. Clearly wants a bigger move. Declined Everton as well. So we know where his head lies, and now we just got to move on. I really do love him, as I said. He's a good player. And I do actually think he's more suited to our level than Chelsea. But the fact that he's shown he doesn't want to leave, and it's his boyhood club, shows that we need to move on and find other players who will cost a lot less. But to be honest... They'll probably be equally as good as he was. Gallagher for 45 million is a joke. We shouldn't go near it. We could get two centre mids his level for that price easily. But anyways, first off, let's talk about Lukonga. The loan signers come from Arsenal and apparently Palace wanted him before he made this move to the Gunners. Fast forward from two seasons ago to now and the midfielder barely plays for the Gunners in the Premier League and he was somewhat slated by Arsenal fans. These comments are somewhat bad, but let's remember we aren't at the level of Arsenal and some of his previous chats do show that he could be a great signing for us this season. The season before he signed for Arsenal, he managed 1.4 tackles per 90, 6 ground duels 1 per 90, and 1.6 interceptions per 90. It looks like he could be a very good central midfielder, and alongside Eze and Dekure, he could be the key to helping out Dekure defensively and giving Eze that freedom he needs in attack. Also, combined with the fact that he'll be given some more consistent game time and some coaching from a former world-class midfielder in Vieira and Lokonga could really flourish for Palace. I'm quite excited by his uh, move so let's hope he does some good things. Moving on to Ahamada now and this midfielder seems like a very exciting talent but perhaps more of a future prospect. I think Palace fans need to understand that we haven't signed him to immediately solve our big midfield issues. That's why we also brought in Lokonga. He seems more of an attacking midfielder but someone who can also be box to box. The 20-year-old was a crucial player for Bundesliga side Stuttgart this season, and he managed 17 appearances. 
in these appearances. He managed two goals, two assists, and on average, one tackle per game, 1.1 dribbles completed per game, as well as 0.9 shots and key passes per game. This, combined with the fact that he played the second last pass before a goal five times this season, which was surpassed only by Marigotza, shows that he is a good threat and someone who could flourish with attacking players around him, like Zaha, Elise, Edouard and Eze. But this isn't going to happen immediately. Overall, it was somewhat of a promising window. However, it definitely wasn't enough. We are very poor at scoring and creating this season, and we have a desperate need to sign a right-back who can both attack and defend. Constantly, we're getting exploited at right-back this season. It's so worrying, and I'm actually shocked that we don't get one in January, even if it was on loan. For that window, I think central midfield was the biggest position we needed to sign, so I'm very happy we did that. Again, Wolf's injured, so I'm a bit worried about that, that we didn't get maybe another attacker in, even on loan. And also, I said about the right-back, so I'm probably going to give it Five and a half, six out of ten. I think that's fair, to be honest. Moving on to the game at Old Trafford yesterday, where Palace lost 2-1 to Man United, and still the wait goes on in 2023 for a Palace win. Of course, I say that stat with a bit of jest. This game should be taken with a pinch of salt. It is one of the toughest games in the Premier League this campaign, and United have already beaten Arsenal and Man City at Old Trafford, and quite well in both games. So we do need to understand that this was never going to be easy for us. A positive from the game is that it looks like Vieira is sticking to the 4-2-3-1 formation and this bodes very well for the future. However, the right-back position was exploited as two goals came from Klein's side and this just emphasises our need to strengthen it in this position. I'm very happy though that Vieira wants to have two kind of CDNs slash CMs instead of just that one and two centre mids in front of him. It makes us look a lot stronger. The Hughes penalty, just standard. It was a penalty, really poor shouldn't have given it away and yeah just one of them ones what frustrates me though is that Vieira shows a lot of fear with these big sides and we looked like we were just there to park the bus most of the first half when we showed a bit more of our attacking intent in the second half we showed our strengths but we do not have enough in attack especially without Zaha the striker issue really worries me to be honest Mateta is just not good enough and Edward shows glimpses but he always looks better when he is alongside another forward hopefully in the games against sides a bit lower down the table Vieira sticks a Conga next to Decore with Eze in the 10 and Elise on the wing. To be fair, Ahamada and Lakonga look good in their cameos, so let's hope we can get something out of Brighton on Saturday. You could hear the fear in my voice there, couldn't you really? <laughs> well, that's it for today's episode. Be sure to follow the podcast so you get notified when another episode goes live. And let me know what you think about Palace's transfer window and texter by tweeting at Luke underscore Seychelles. That's S-E-Y-C-H-E-L-L. It's been a good episode, finally talking about Palace, the club I support. Hope you've enjoyed. Let me know what you thought, and I'll see you later.